Hey guys, welcome back to the From the Sideline podcast with Francis and Peter. Today we're going to be talking about recent NFL news. We're going to be going over topics like the Aaron Rodgers trade, the Lamar Jackson deal, and three winners and losers from the NFL draft. Thank you guys for listening. Make sure to re- watch our recent episode and don't forget to follow. Without further ado, let's get right into it. So to start it off, we're going to talk about the Aaron Rodgers trade. After 18 years on being on Green Bay and being a 10-time Pro Bowler, a Super Bowl champ, and a Super Bowl MVP, and a four-time regular season MVP, the Jets got Aaron Rodgers plus a 2023 first and a 2023 fifth, and the Packers got a 2023 first, a 2023 second, and 2023 sixth, and a conditional 2024 second, which means that in next year's draft, if Aaron Rodgers takes 65% or more snaps, then it turns into a first-round pick. And then after that, um, the Jets traded away their 2023 fifth they got from the Packers for a Raiders 2023 sixth and seventh. The Jets ended up drafting Will McDonald, who's a linebacker, Jarek Bernard, who's a cornerback, and Zach Kuntz, who's a tight end. The Packers got Lucas Van Ness, Edge, Luke Musgrave, tight end, and Anders Carlson, who's a kicker. So my question for you, Peter, today is who do you think won this trade? Um, I definitely think the uh, Jet, or the Packers won because... Aaron Rodgers, I mean, at the end of the day, he's very old. I think he's around 40. And the Jets, they just gave up too much for a 40-yard quarterback. Sure, they do have like a – they are in their Super Bowl window, I guess. But giving up that much for that old of a quarterback can really like disrupt your future. And I don't think they used their first-round pick on Will McDonald very well. Uh, I'd say he's more of a second-round talent. But – yeah, the Jets, they gave up too much for such an old quarterback. He may This move may pan out for them because they could win a Super Bowl because uh, he really does add, put their roster to the next level, but there's not that much time, and time's running out, and this really sets the Packers up for the future. All right, so all right, I'll agree with you in saying that Aaron Rodgers is a very old Asian quarterback and that they kind of needed to trade him away for some trade and capita, but... Honestly, I don't think they gave up too much because quarterback to me is easily the most important position and it it makes or breaks a team. And let's just say the Jets before this trade were not Super Bowl contenders and the and the Packers were, but now they switched they switched because uh all because of Aaron Rodgers just because of one player. And I think all these picks that they give up, which honestly isn't too much. They just traded away a second, a sixth, and a conditional second because they flipped, they switched their first round picks. So honestly, it wasn't even that much for a, a generational type quarterback that can lead them to a Super Bowl. Um, but I think the Packers, it made sense for the Packers to trade them away. But honestly, I think they could have gotten more. And plus, I think they could have done better with their picks. Uh, Lucas Vaness, there were better edges on the board at the time. Luke Musgrave, honestly, addressed a good weapons need. Uh, but Anders Carlson, who's a kicker, um, I really don't think that's a good use of your pick there, that you like a free pick that you just acquired by trading away your quarterback. I mean, the Jets had the best defense in the AFC. They're number one in yards per game, number one in pass yards per game, number two in QB rating, and number three in points per game. And they didn't even make the playoffs, so... That just shows how bad the quarterback room was. Um, Zach Wilson and Mike White. Like, even if you have a best roster in the NFL, which the Jets basically do, um, but you have the like one of one of the worst quarterbacks in the NFL. Like, you're really not going anywhere in the playoffs. And you can see like how they ended up last year. Honestly, this year I think the Jets easily win the AFC 
AFC East. Um, because of the great weapons they have, plus the best defense in the AFC, plus one of the best quarterbacks in the AFC. And honestly, I don't think the Bills can keep up with that. So, so Peter, what do you have to say against that? Uh, I completely disagree. I think I do not think that the Jets are a Super Bowl favorite with this move. There are 14 playoff teams, and the, I personally think there's a very low chance that the Jets actually um, this move actually pays off and the Jets win a Super Bowl. Um, I mean, obviously Aaron Rodgers is going to definitely take a step up from Zach Wilson, but I'm not sure if he can really bring them to that next level. They're not a com- they're not a complete team yet. They still need help on defense, uh, especially in the front seven. So I don't think this move transitions them into a Super Bowl favorite like you're saying. Okay, but do you think they're like close to a Super Bowl favorite? Uh, I definitely think they're a playoff team, but they – like I said, they definitely have holes that really need to be addressed, and this move only addresses like one of them, even though it is the biggest one. So, Peter, you don't think the Jets are a Super Bowl contender as it is right now? I don't think they're there yet. They still have like uh, holes, especially in their front seven. Even though they are the number one defense in the AFC, I think that's really heavily on their secondary with Sauce Gardner. They do have Quinnen Williams, but... No, I do not think this move makes them a Super Bowl contender. They still are a playoff team, though. So which teams would you put ahead of them in Super Bowl odds? Uh, For AFC teams, give me the Bengals, Bills, Chiefs, obviously. Probably put the Ravens above them, to be honest, with Lamar on his new deal. Really? You disagree? Yeah. Respond. I don't think the Ravens are anywhere close to the Jets in... Like how how good they are and how their roster is complete. Like their defense is like sort of comparably close. Like the Ravens were like the Ravens defense. I was looking at the stats and it they they are one of the better defenses in the AFC. But the Ravens weapons, their offensive line and their quarterback. Their quarterback, like I said, it's all about the quarterback. Lamar Jackson is not a playoff winning quarterback. He's one in three in the playoffs, and honestly, he's very injury prone, and that was a big issue last year. The last two seasons, he hasn't been available when it's time to play in the first round of the playoffs, which is why I don't see the Ravens anywhere close to the Jets. Um, the Bills, honestly, have them. I have them way lower than the Jets because their defense is not even as, not even close to as good as the Jets' defense, and honestly, their offensive line isn't either. So I just think the Jets are way more complete than the Bills, and I, I think Josh Allen is too inconsistent to get it done for the Bills. Uh, I don't really know how you can say that the Jets are the complete team when their only real weapon on offense is Garrett Wilson. Like, outside of him, there's not really a whole lot to work with for Aaron Rodgers. Uh, what about Brees Hall? Uh, Brees Hall is towards ACL, and you never know how running backs come back from that. Honestly, like, the Jets don't, besides Garrett Wilson and Brees Hall, don't really have any, like, standout weapons. But all of their weapons are above average and which makes them a really complete team like Alan Lazard and also they picked up McCole Hartman and they also have Corey Davis Denzel Mims like this is not a bad weapons court whatsoever like honestly I would go so far to say as it's a top seven weapons in the in the NFL which is why I think they're a top five Super Bowl contender and Super Bowl favorite uh one of my questions for you is since you think Aaron Rodgers is going to transform the Jets into a Super Bowl contender or even Super Bowl favorite, where do you think he ranks among AFC quarterbacks? 
Um, amongst AFC quarterbacks, I have him sixth. I mean, Mahomes is in the league of his own. Like he's the goat. He's the greatest of all time. Um, Peter disagrees apparently, but I mean, talent wise, like he's easily the best quarterback of all time, in my opinion, and a lot of people would agree. Um, second, I have Joe Burrow. He's just a true winner, and you can just tell like he's a true winner at LSU in Cincinnati. His first full season starting as in the NFL, he went to the Super Bowl. And his second season, he almost went back-to-back, and he honestly could have. Got a little unlucky with the Chiefs there. So I have Burrow in the second. He's just so comfortable in the pocket and also very mobile. Third, I have Josh Allen. He's just like a physical specimen, and his arm talent is insane. Um, we've seen he's been to the AFC Championship, but honestly, he's a little iffy in the playoffs. So, which is why I have him ranked lower than Joe Burrow, even though I think he might be, honestly, more talented than Joe Burrow. But Joe Burrow just wins more games, and it shows. Fourth, I have Herbert. He's only been to the playoffs one time in it, out of his pretty short career. But honestly, if you're going to be this great of a quarterback that gets talked up this much, you have to make the playoffs more than that, even if you have a pretty subpar roster. Um, he does need more help around him, but he's just not really good at winning football games. But his arm talent and his like his arm talent is insane. You can see his highlights and his his mobile presence is also insane. But if he just won more, I honestly I could see him in the two spot here. Number five, I have Trevor Lawrence. Honestly, him and Aaron Rodgers to me are interchangeable. They're pretty like they're pretty similar, like on the same similar tier to me. Um, Trevor Lawrence hasn't really proved that much to me except for this past this past season. He's been he was pretty good, but honestly, I think he was overrated. I didn't see him being as good as people thought he was. But he did make it to the playoffs. But honestly, I always just thought he would be a bust at the number one overall pick. But he's proving himself in the league right now. That's why I got him at fifth in the AFC, which puts Aaron Rodgers right behind him. Uh, tell me about why you think Trevor is overrated. Like, what do you think um, makes him into an overrated quarterback? Honestly, I saw him the year before last season. And he just looked like an absolute... He didn't look like a bust, but he did not look like a number one overall pick to me. Um, he really stepped it up last season, but I still saw signs of him not being the quarterback that people said he was. And honestly, if you're going to be a number one pick, you have to be completely NFL ready. Like you can't really be developing as your career goes along. You should be, you should be like a top ten quarterback immediately in the NFL. Um, and I just didn't really see that from Trevor Lawrence like I do with other quarterbacks. Like, his arm talent is not anything that wows me that much. And his mobile presence really isn't great. Um, his pocket presence is good, and he stays calm and collected. But I don't know. Just to me, to other NFL quarterbacks, if I compare him, like their game film and how they play and how they win, I just don't see Trevor Lawrence comparing well up to them. Honestly, let's just call it a day there with the Aaron Rodgers topic. We're obviously not going to agree on this thing. So let's move on to the next topic, which is Lamar Jackson. He just signed a new contract, uh, which he's been waiting for for a long time. Five-year, $260 million contract with a fully guaranteed $185 million, which is approximately $52 million per year, which makes him the highest-paid quarterback in the NFL. Um, that's $1 million more than Hurts his guaranteed contract. 
He really wanted Watson's guaranteed, but honestly, it was kind of impossible for the Ravens. Watson got $230 million guaranteed, which is $45 million more guaranteed than Lamar. But when like Kyler Murray and Jalen Hurts both got under $190 million guaranteed, like I think Lamar realized it was impossible for him to get Watson's guaranteed. So my question for you, Peter, is are you surprised that Lamar is back on the Ravens? Um, I'm not surprised. For a brief minute, I thought that Lamar had potentially going to go to another team, but obviously the Ravens really want him to stay in Baltimore, and obviously he wanted to stay in Baltimore, so they got the deal done. It seems like it was a bit of a harder deal to negotiate because considering that he didn't even have an agent and he was his agent, so I am kind of wonder how that affected the deal that he got, that maybe he wanted more guaranteed money but he didn't really get it or maybe he just wanted more total money didn't care about the guaranteed money but I just think it's interesting that he is negotiating all on his own and he still got the most expensive contract for a player in NFL history um I'll agree with him there uh I do I am not surprised that Lamar is back with the Ravens and honestly I don't think I could see him in any other uniform I think that he was born to be a Raven. I know he was exploring his options, and a lot of teams would have been happy to take him, but they don't have enough money to pay for him. And I just think the Ravens are fit for him. Uh, obviously, he was the one that was originally unhappy with the organization, as he was the one that requested a trade. He didn't feel they were showing him enough attention that he deserved and wasn't really building their future around him, which obviously they should, and he thinks they should. But they have brought in some new weapons for Lamar, which proves to him that they're, like, showing him more and more love and attention, like Odell Beckham Jr. and Zay Flowers. And they're keeping Mark Andrews and building more off of their defense. And, um, yeah, so Lamar feels that love again and is happy with the Baltimore Ravens organization. I don't think he got the deal that he wanted, but like I said before, I don't really think that was possible for the Ravens to extend him to that extent with that contract that Deshaun Watson was guaranteed and I think that Lamar Jackson was too good to lose for them he was their best chance at getting anywhere in the playoffs really not many other quarterbacks available um, in the free agency market so this was the easy option for them and honestly I think they made the right decision and Lamar Jackson is happy with this decision I think it's a win-win situation with Lamar and the Ravens. So I think we're going to move on to our last topic of the day here. I know, pretty short episode. I'm sorry, ladies and gentlemen, but we got to move on um, to the NFL draft. We got our three winners and our three losers. We're going to do a a combined three winners and three losers. For us both, we're not going to do each three winners and three losers. So with our first winner, we're going obviously with the Philadelphia Eagles. They had an infamous draft here. Let me go over some of their notable picks here. With the ninth overall pick, they got Jalen Carter, absolute steal. Most people got them as the best player in this entire draft, and he fell all the way down to nine. I think my Seahawks should have taken them at five, but I trust in John Schneider to take Devin Witherspoon. But Jalen Carter at nine, absolutely insane pick. They needed to strengthen up their D-line, which is full of veterans. And and Jalen Carter is the best D-lineman in this whole draft, basically. Um, at 30th, first round, they got Nolan Smith, one of the top five edges in this draft. 
He's pretty raw prospect, but at 30, he's an absolute steal. I'm going top 20 at least. Um, but Nolan Smith, uh, super raw prospect, not much production, but he's looking like a Trayvon Walker, who was a number one overall pick last season. So I think he can pan out really well at number 30, which is a steal. Um, round three, pick 65, Tyler Steen, offensive tackle. They needed more tackle depth. They got some veterans on their offensive line, and honestly, I can see Tyler Steen playing at the guard position. Uh, round three, pick 66, they got Sidney Brown safety. Um, CJ Gardner-Johnson, they got they lost him very sadly. He was the leader in interceptions last year. And uh, Sidney Brown could, be, could add some safety depth for them as well. And then my final notable pick, round four, pick 105, they got Keely Ringo. Absolute insane steal of a pick there at the start of the season. They had him going for top 10 first round, like best cornerback in the draft stuff. Keely Ringo out of Georgia. He was the CB1 at Georgia, which tells a lot about about a organization as um, as good as Georgia last year. Um, so at round four, he was an absolute steal there. Uh, I'm not going to lie. I don't know how, how he fell that far. And he's also from Washington. So I like him a lot. And, yeah, those are just some notable picks. They they fixed up a lot of their holes, even though I think they're the most complete roster in the NFL right now. Um, so, yeah, they had an insanely good draft. Howie Masterclass. Our next winner is the Seahawks. Um, I mean, they just did a great job. Obviously, we're both Seahawks fans, so we may be a little biased. But I think Devin Witherspoon at five is a great pick. He's a super physical corner. And he's he was my CB one in this draft class, and he he really fits the mold for a Seattle corner. He's a lot like Richard Sherman with his physicality. Twentieth uh, overall, we get Jackson Smith and Jigba, the easy the easily the best player available. Great wide receiver out of Ohio State. To me, he has the highest floor in this draft class. Um, he's just a great route runner, and he excels in pretty much every category for a wide receiver. In the second round. Um, getting that edge out of Auburn, um, that was a great pick. We need edge help, and that suits the need and addresses it super well. 52nd overall, I know we picked Zach Charbonnet. To me, it wasn't the greatest pick, but it was still a good pick. Him and Kenneth Walker are going to split the backfield pretty much, and I think he's a true three-down back, and it it really is going to make our backfield a lot better. I don't know if it was the best, or I don't know if it was one of our biggest needs but um it's going to improve our offense a lot and i think it was a good pick yeah and then to just add a little bit onto that like even later in the rounds john schneider addressed our defensive line needs even more and even some offensive guard needs um and so honestly we filled up every hole basically that we really needed to address especially that linebacker spot i think that second overall i mean second round pick that edge outside linebacker from auburn was an insanely great pick. I think that was honestly him and Jackson Smith and Jigba were the two best um, draft picks of the draft. Our third winner of the draft is the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, they really addressed a big need at offensive tackle with the 14th overall pick from New England Patriots, Bodrick Jones out of Georgia. Honestly, to me, he could have been the offensive tackle one in this draft. I had Skaronski and Paris Johnson Jr. both over him, but... I could have easily seen Broderick Jones being that number one guy. Um, again, out of Georgia. Anybody out of Georgia, to me, is honestly it's a great draft pick and it's a great prospect because that organization and that team and that roster is just filled with so many studs. 
so many five-star studs. Um, and Broderick Jones is one of those guys. Uh, with the second-round pick from the Chicago Bears, they got Joey Porter Jr. I had them selecting Joey Porter Jr. in the first round with their first-round pick. I think it was like the 18th pick or something because I I saw Joey Porter Jr. fitting that organization really well. Um, but they even got him at a steal at, number, at pick number 32, the first pick in the second round. Um, I think it addressed a lot of their DB depth needs. And Joey Porter Jr. was uh my was my CB three in this draft behind Gonzalez and uh, Witherspoon. And finally, my my last notable pick here is they got Darnell Washington, tight end out of Georgia, in round three, pick ninety three. Like I said about Georgia, I mean it's full of studs, and any I trust anybody that comes out of Georgia. Peter actually had Darnell Washington going out in his first round in his mock draft. Honestly, I thought that was a little preposterous, but um, falling to the third round is even more preposterous. But that's a great pick. They really need weapons for Kenny Pickett, especially at the tight end position, more than wide receiver. And Darnell Washington does just that. Yeah, going back to Darnell Washington, I had him going in my first round because he's a super big physical playmaker. He has great hands. And I think it's such a steal that the Steelers got him in the third round at pick number 93. He's definitely not a third-round talent. Um, he, I, To me, he's like built for the first round, and I don't really know how he didn't go in the first or the second. Now we're going to talk about our top three losers in the draft. Um, first, we have the Washington Commanders. I mean, picking Emmanuel Forbes at 16 ahead of Christian Gonzalez, who's debatably the best corner in the draft, is just ridiculous. I mean, I, don't, I didn't even have him in the first round at all. He's 6'1", 160. He's very skinny. And I just don't know how you could possibly pick him above Christian Gonzalez. And I know they reached on a safety in the second round out of Illinois. And I, that's just a really bad pick to me. They didn't make any moves with their draft picks they had a pick they had their pick in each round and it just they didn't really do a whole lot and they reached on a lot of players also in the second round they have failed to address their biggest need which is their quarterback when in the second round a really good quarterback which was Hendon Hooker was available and in the first round Will Levis was available and they really passed on Gonzalez for Emmanuel Forbes but moving on my second loser, our second loser, is the Dallas Cowboys. They didn't really address their offensive needs. And I wouldn't really say they have too many glaring needs on this team. I think they're one of the more complete rosters in the NFL. But, I mean, they still have needs, and they definitely could have strengthened their offense. Um, their weapons, Dak Prescott, pretty average quarterback in my opinion. Um, they really could have used another wide receiver that could help Dak Prescott, maybe even another running back. Uh and especially another tight end. More tight end depth would definitely be in play here behind Dalton Schultz. They got one wide receiver, one running back, and one tight end. Luke Schoonmaker was actually a great pick. I really like that pick, actually, um, for it to be a backup for um, Dalton Schultz. Their wide receiver, Jalen Brooks, pretty not great. And then Deuce Vaughn, running back out of Kansas State, don't really think he'll do very well. I mean, great story. We all saw that clip of his dad calling him on the draft night, but... Uh, not that great of a pick, in my opinion. Mozzie Smith going at 26. I wouldn't say that's a terrible pick, but there were definitely better guys available on the board. They just It was just a very underwhelming draft for the Dallas Cowboys, in my opinion. 
Our final lo- loser is the Cleveland Browns. They did not have a lot of picks. They started in the second or they started in the third round, picking Cedric Tillman, wide receiver from Tennessee. That's obviously not a need for them. They really need defensive line and pretty much everywhere on defense. But they chose to pick a receiver for Watson, um, and then really just like the only pick I really like here is Dewan Jones, the tackle from Ohio State. That's sort of a need for them, but picking a quarterback is just really dumb, especially considering when you just signed yours to the most expensive guaranteed money contract in NFL history. So I don't really know what they were thinking with that pick. So, yeah, that's why the Browns are one of our losers of this draft. Yeah, pretty underwhelming draft for the Cleveland Browns there. If I'm a Cleveland fan, I'm not too happy with our future. Uh, Deshaun Watson looked pretty bad last year, so they're not in great hands. But, I mean, I have faith in Deshaun Watson, so... Well, hopefully the Cleveland Browns do something special there. But um, that's going to wrap up this episode. I know a little bit on the shorter side on this one. Um, But, you know, it is what it is. Um, So thank you so much for listening. Make sure you follow. Come back for more. And, yeah, thank you for listening all the way to the – Thank you for listening, guys. From from the Sideline Podcast with Francis and And Peter. Peter.